You're listening to the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT podcast. I'm your host and curator, Rabbi Aprom Kibalevich, and I hope you enjoy this episode. Okay. Uh, a, a, a good Motzei uh, Shabbat, the Kulam, Shvuatov. You can see where we're at. This is a, uh, a a piece of Gemara that I actually have done with a number of you a couple of months ago. So that's part of the beauty of Dafyomi, is that you end up doing some things familiar sometimes. Many times when you do the Dafyomi, it goes so fast, I don't know what it is. Sometimes you see a piece of Gemara that you've done before, and that's also good. And you get to do it even better. So let's start from the page. You can see where the cursor is. Um, the, uh, ad, ad kama, uh, ad shetichla regel menashuk. That's where we're starting from today. The, the ad kama. Well, enough. please yes. tell me, uh, could, could you please, I don't have the screen in front of me. Could you please tell me what page are we on? Okay. So we are on Kaf Aleph Amid Bet. That's our mood, Rabbi. Kaf Aleph Amid Bet. <laughs> One, two, three, yes. four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteenth line from the top. Here we go. We said, Thank you. Okay. Thank we, you. We, we said in the Brita, we said in the Brisa, in the Brita we said that it's the mitzvah of Ner Chanukah is Achetikala Regel Menashuk, the feet of these people. Uh, should be uh, away from the marketplace. We don't see them anymore. Rashi says they were sort of like the, well, we'll see where we are in a minute, what we're talking about. Vad Kama. What is that amount? I don't know how, give me an idea of how to figure out what the amount of time is when people aren't there. Amar Rabba Barabchana, Amar Rabbi Yochanan, Ad Rigla de Tarmudai. So Rashi says what this means is the, the literal words mean that the legs, the feet of the Tarmadoyim are not there. They're nichla. You don't see them anymore. They're gone. Kala. They're not there anymore. Who are these Tarmadoyim and who are their legs? So Rashi says this is an Uma. Uh, you can see Rashi says, Shame Uma Melakte Etzim Dakim. This was a type of a, 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 a people that couldn't get really great jobs. For some reason, there was some prejudice against them. Who knows? <laughs> Whatever it was, they didn't have the ability to move up in the economic ladder. And therefore, what they used to do primarily was get these small pieces of wood. So basically what they would do is they would wait for the standard worker, the guy who had a good job in the farm or in the field, to come home and try to light up his oven and then discover, oh, we're missing some fuel. But no one ever has all the stuff he needs. No one always has all the supplies they need at home. They think they do, but they don't. So they realized that people don't always have the amount of fuel they need at home. And they would wait. And when you need something, well, you can't go back and you're not going to go to the forest and chop wood. These guys have got it at a premium price. They're like the 7-Eleven. They know they're open in certain places where they know you're not going to go to the big store. They know that you've missed something. You're going to run in. Because you need to cook the food for tonight. Those people are in the marketplace later, later than the average person, because they're waiting for the guys who come home to discover they're missing something. So it isn't when the normal hustle and bustle is finished, it's after that time. How long? It's hard to know. Maybe every community is different. That is what, uh, that's the way Rashi learns, uh, the Tarmudoi. That's what Rashi says, uh, the regli, regli, the Tarmudoi menashuk. So, the, so clearly in today's, thinking about it today, and again, remember, we're not poskening from, we're not poskening from, uh, the Gemara. We're not using this Gemara to tell us what the Halachalamasa is. But it is a little bit of a, of, of a picture that you can see. And the picture that you can see is, is that, Every, what's happening outside in in, in in your street? It's it's not 
it's not the normal everybody. It's not the normal situation of everybody driving home and, and coming home. It's a little bit later than that. That's what we're talking about. Okay. Next. Okay. The mitzvah is on the house. Primarily, if you want to make the mitzvah, it's not about everybody doing it. It's not a chiyuv. Listen to listen, listen. It's not a chiyuv on every person over 13 or every male, every female over 12. It's not a mitzvah on you particularly. The mitzvah essentially is on the home. You're part of that home. Encourage the home to have a Chanukiah. And only one candle. That's all you need. One night. The mitzvah of Ner Chanukah is on the household. Ner Ishu Beito. Now, that would mean whoever has a house. It could be Isha U Beita. It could be a, a group of people living together in a room, in, in, in a boarding house. But primarily, on a basic level, on a bare bones level, that's what the mitzvah is. It's not a mitzvah on the yachid, it's a mitzvah on the bayit. Now, ha-mahadrin, if you want to be mahadr b'mitzvot, in this mitzvah near Hanukkah, there's, the rabbis tell you how to do hidur mitzvah. They tell you exactly what you're supposed to do, which is what? Ner, we call echad ve'echad, which means a ner, for everyone in the house. And if you remember when we did this a couple of weeks ago, Rashi says what that means is, uh, the way Rashi explains, and the way other Rishonim explain it, is that it means who's ever in charge of the house makes sure that there's a candle representing each person. It doesn't mean that the little child has the light. It means that there's a candle representing that child which would mean that even though the child himself can't light, you light a Hanukkiah for that child. That's what it means, according to many Rishonim, ner l'kol echad v'achad. Now, hamahadrin min hamahadrin, you want to be even more. Now, mahader, Rashi says, means, there's two ways to understand the word mahader, right? It's a very famous word today, kashar mahadrin, mahadrin. What does that mean, mahadrin? It's machlokas. Rashi says the word mahadrin comes from the Aramaic word, like hadran, choser, to go after, to be involved, to be, to, uh, to not to be aggressive, but to always, to go be rodef mitzvot, to go after them, to always try to find them. That's what mahader means. You want to go to the next level. That's what mahader. The other way to learn hader is from the Hebrew, hadar. Hadar is something beautiful, preates hadar, right? Nehedar, manedar adavar, nehedar. So it's either, Someone who's trying to act in a beautiful way that God will like, or someone who on his own is trying to go after mitzvot, to lahader achara mitzvot. So let's say mahadrin mina mahadrin, someone who's even among the mahadrin, he would be a standout. What would that be? Betshame yomrim, yom rishon madlik shmone, the first day you would light eight, mikan ve'elech pochet ve'elech, you would be less Eight, you would you would go for, you would light seven the second night. Beitilo Omrim Yom Rishon Madlikachat. The first night you would light one. Mikan Veelech Mosifolech. From there you would continue. Now, Tosvot right here on the page, and I'm going to point to it right here. He says, Mahadrim and Mahadrin is level three. There's basic level. There's Mahadrin and Mahadrin and Mahadrin. If level two means everyone in the family lights, or every, you light on behalf of everyone in the family, then level three, does that mean everyone in the family has to light, according to Shammai, eight the first night, or according to Leo, one the first night, and then everyone lights two the second night? Tosfos says, Nirulari, they're only going on the primary way. In other words, there's level one, and this is level three, but it's connected to level one. It's not an extension of level two. Why? That's better than level two, because here you can see what it means when you add every night. Right? Now, Look what look where look where my cursor is on the Tosvot. 
But if you're going to say that Shamayan Hillel of the Mahadrim and a Mahadrim is assuming every, there's a Hanukkiah for every member of the household, that's going to be very confusing. Afil Yosif Mikan Ve'elech, even if it means every night there's going to be another candle, Lekehekeira, it's not going to be clear what's going on. Why? Because let's say there's three people living in the house, okay? So the first night, eat, there's one, two, three candles. On the second night, there's going to be six candles, according to this way of thinking. The person on the street doesn't necessarily understand that, oh, it's the second night of Hanukkah. He might think that this is basically a family with what? He might think that there's six people in the family, and they're lighting one candle. I don't know. So therefore, it's confusing. <laughs> you can't figure it out. So according to Tosvot, which is the opinion of the Bet Yosef of the Sfardim, when you do Mahadrin and a Mahadrin, it's only one Hanukkiah for the family. Which means there's only one Hanukkiah. Because if everybody has one, you don't, you don't get the message. If the message is this is the first night, this is the second night, this is the third night, then there has to be only one. Because if there's a number of Hanukkiot, then it's unclear. That is the sheet of Tosvot and the sheet that the Sfardi Bet Yosef accepts. And that's why among Sfardi Jews, this is what normally what they do. They have one candle, one Hanukkiah for the family. Whereas, it's interesting, the Rambam, as the Rambam Paskins, that you can, you are able to, you are able to light uh, for each person. You are able to light for each person, Mahadrin and Mahadrin. So each, if there's three people in the family, there will be three Hanukkiot, and each one of them will have one more candle every night. Now, what would the Rambam do with Tosfus's question? Which is, it's confusing. I don't know what's going on. Well, if you're wealthy enough or you have a big enough window, so it's clear where each Hanukkiah goes, and they're far apart enough from each other that no one's going to think it's all one giant, that it it represents uh, one family. And you have to be able to do it in such a way. It's still not clear, but that is that is the shita of the Rambam, and that is the shita of most Ashkenazi Jews. That they try to have everyone in the Hanukkiah representing everyone in the family, and they do the shita of Hillel, which is coming up, as you'll see. Let's go on in the Gemara inside, please. Okay. Uh, as you can see where the cursor is. So here we go. Amar Ula, Pligi Ba Trey Amorai B'Marava. There was an argument between two Amorai and Marava. I'm sorry, did I skip something? No. Rabiosi, uh, who were they? Rabiosi Baravin, Rabiosi Barzvida. Now Ula, of course, lived in Eretz Yisrael and traveled to Bavel, and he told the people in Bavel that you want to know about Shammai and Hillel. Two of the great rabbis in Israel argue about it, and these are their names: Yosi Bar Avin and Yosi Bar Zvida. Chadamar, time of the Beit Shammai, connected Yomim Anich Nasim. The idea of Shammai is is that your the, the Shammai is all about the amount of days to come, and therefore this is there's eight days to come. I'm in the beginning of the eighth day. Here we go. There's eight days of Hanukkah, and this is the first of those eight days, but the eight days that are coming. The time of the Beit Hillel, Hillel looks at the amount of days that have already occurred. And even though there isn't a complete one day, but you're the beginning of one day, and that's why you light the first candle. The Chadomar, one of the other Merayims, and this is the one everyone's familiar with, time of the Beit Shemai Keneged Pareachag. The reason why Shemai comes up with eight is in order to have a, 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 a parallel to what happens on Sukkot. On Sukkot, what happens is, on the first day of Sukkot in the Korban Musaf, the bulls that are part of the Korban Musaf on the first day of Sukkot, you have more bulls. You have 13, you have, uh, uh, however number it is, someone will tell me, but you have the ultimate amount of bulls on the first day, and then it goes down till the seventh day. That's, and therefore, you see from the Pariachag, it's a total of 70 from the first day to the seventh day. But there's more on the first day, there's less on the second day, and then it continues. Now, what is the connection between Chanukah and Pariachag? Well, there's two possibilities. 
One possibility is, is that Hanukkah, when they tried to promote it originally, a new holiday, why the people were told, we've missed so many days of Sukkot, we've missed many Yomim Tovim, it was a Shata Chirum, like now, <laughs> during Corona, it's Shata Chirum. It was Shata Chirum, it was war, it was, we couldn't, we couldn't be in the Beit HaMikdash, the Beit HaMikdash was Tamei, we couldn't be there, we couldn't be Makar Korbanot. Sukkot used to be the holiday that was the most Simcha, the most people were there, everybody was sad, I don't know how many Sukkot they missed historically, but when they tried to promote the holiday, and they called it an eight-day holiday, they didn't push the fact about the miracle that lasted eight days. They said, we're going to have a Sukkot. We're going to have a winter Sukkot. We're going to have a holiday to make up for the Sukkot that we missed. So part of the public relations about eight days was to replicate Sukkot, which was seven days of Sukkot and one day of Shemini Atzeret. And that is, the, according to many, many early sources, one of the things that they pushed to get people to accept Hanukkah was that to accept eight days, even though you didn't have to, it didn't have the Chumrah of Sukkot, was that it, it took the place of Sukkot. So since that's part of what it was, was taking the place of the Sukkot that they missed, so there's in the candle lighting, there's a remiss to Sukkot as well. The same way in Sukkot it goes down in the Korbanot, that in the candle lighting, the amount of candles you use go down, and that gave people the idea of Sukkot. That is one way to understand what Bet Shammai means, how it's connected Sukkot, the Pareachag. The other way to understand it is, is that the Pareachag were on Sukkot was a, a, a remez to the Umat Olam. The non-Jewish world used to show up at the holiday of Sukkot as well. When when we had the Beit HaMikdash, before we were persecuted, in the time of Shlomo and all the great kings of, of, of Beit David, and even the kings after the Pirud, many non-Jews would be there. And, 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 and part of the whole idea of, of Kohelet, of reading Kohelet on Sukkot, was Shlomo HaMelech, discussing the great wisdom of the world, of philosophy to the world. And part of the message was, is that the non-Jewish world is going to become less fractured. There's not going to be all these nations. There's going to be less nations. The 70 nations are, are, are going to compress into one idea. It's not going to, the same way it's 70, but it comes less and less till you get 70. There's going to be less non-Jewish influence. There's going to be less sense of, of 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 spreading out of variance of, of of what do they call diversity everywhere there's going to be more of a sense of commonality that's part of the message of sukkot and hanukkah is when they tried to destroy us the non-jewish world and tried to absorb us so part of that message is is that no this is a, a sukkot message you're going away not us you're not dying but you are going to be the one that's going to throw away some of your differences. You're going to become closer to us. That's part of the reason why we send the message, according to Shammai, to the non-Jewish world. <laughs> and it's a message for us to know that we aren't going to be absorbed by them. If anything, they are going to become less and less, not in terms of numbers. They're not going to die, Chas v'shalom. But they are going to become closer and closer. And the 70 is going to become much more compressed. And that's why we light the menorah that way. So that's according to Shammai. What about Hillel? What's the reason why you start with one and go to eight? The time of the Beit Hillel, the Malin Bekodesh Ve'ein Moridan, that we go up in Kedusha, we don't go down. Right? Which means every day of Hanukkah is greater than the day before it. So we don't want to start with eight. We're going to send a message about the holiday, but we want you to realize that Hanukkah gets better and better as you go up. Chavez doesn't work that way. Shabbos, he started with Kedusha, and then towards the end, Mincha, time that Kedusha falls. Um, I, let me answer that question. Um, on Shabbat, um, Shabbat is one day, Effie. <laughs> and these are eight days. Every day has its own power and its own identity. Every day has its own way it is. <laughs> there's stronger points of the day. There's high points of the day. There's decompression part of the day. So you're right. Shabbat has different type, times of the day when maybe there's a different emphasis. Now, I don't know uh, what you're saying. 
Um, there is a Kabbalistic idea based on the Zohar. And it's it's the way that Tfilot of the Sephardim and, and many Hasidim, that on Friday night they say, Bo, Bete, Vayanuchu Ba. On Shabbat morning they say, Vayanuchu Bo. And on Friday and Shabbos afternoon they say, Vayanuchu Bam. And the, the uh, Zohar explains that the reason why you say it three day, different ways is because on Friday night, the Shekhinah down here, the lower world, gets Kedusha. On Shabbos morning, we're able to reach the highest Madrega, the highest Madrega, that's Shabbos morning owned by, by Musaf. That's not buts, bow, male. It's like you're going into God himself, the ultimate influencer, the great power of the world. And then, by Mincha, that great power that you've reached, Atika Kadisha, the great ultimate ancient power of God, the creator of everything, then you go, God begins the process of, 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 of mustering, channeling the Kedusha that we have reached and giving us the Tzinor into the rest of the week. And that's bum. It's like we and God are together about to create a spigot of power that's going to open up on Friday, on, on Saturday afternoon and Saturday night. And the Kedusha of this moment of Motzei Shabbat right now, the Kivalevich is talking to you, is the Kedusha of Shabbat coming out into the Bria. Now, you can tell me that that's less, but I can tell you that that's more. <laughs> right? That's bum. So, Effie, it's not less. It's different. And that's what's happening. That's that's what the day of Shabbat is about. Okay, so I think I've answered you in two ways. Let's go on. A good question, Effie. So next, um, now it's interesting. Even though normally a bot call came out and said, "Do like Hillel, not like Shammai," but and that happened. That bot call came out at the time of the Beit Hamikdash, or a little bit after that, a little bit after the Churban. The Gemara says, Amar Rabba Barchana, Amar Rabbi Yochanan, Shnei Zekeinim Oyu Bitzidon. And that might have been after the Bat Kol. And what does it say? Follow the cursor, please. Echad Oseke Beit Shammai, Ve'echad Oseke Divrei Beit Hillel. There were people still doing it. There were still people even in Sidon, over there north of Eretz Yisroh in Lebanon and Sidon. And there was one old man that everybody knew he did like Shammai and one by the Bitilel. And when he was asked why he did it, he explained. Because of the Pareyachag, like I explained. So you see that Shammai's idea wasn't eliminated with the Batkol. That's what I'm trying to explain to you. There were still people who did like Shammai, even though the Batkol came out to say, follow Hillel, there were people who still believed in the idea of Shammai as far as this goes. So as Avrami pointed out many months ago, when we did this on a Saturday afternoon, that it's a machloket Rashi and Tosvot how to learn here. Where is it going? So Rashi says, Rashi says that it's going in, in not in Rishut Arabim. Rashi says it's going in, in your yard. It's not in the street. It's outside of your house in your yard. That's where the nair is. And Tosvot seems to say that's actually because the way he understands it, it's all the way in the in the petach of Rishut Arabim, very close to the street. Now, ima yador but let's say you live in the upper floor. Now, the guy on the bottom has a little bit more rights. Now, clearly, he paid more to get a first floor. The guy on the second floor paid less. Now, he has walking rights through the chaser to get up to his apartment, but mostly the chaser is 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 usually for the top, the bottom guy. The, uh, the top guy has a right to walk in the chutzair, but it's not really his. Just enough to get through. 
Therefore, where is he supposed to put his Hanukkah? He's not in, he's not in such great shape as the guy below. The guy below can either put it in the yard, everyone sees it's his, or right in front of the street. The guy upstairs, how do you know it's his? He's he's also got to buy it. He's a separate renter. He right? The house is it, it, it's it's a duplex, but the upstairs is different. So where should he put it? So even in the time of the big the mikdash, manicha bachalonas rabim, he puts it upstairs. He puts it inside his house, which means he doesn't have the same type of pursum that the guy below does. But remember, where else could he do it? If he would do it in the front, that's not really his chatzer in a way. So therefore, according to the way Rashi learns, maybe other learn differently. That's why Rashi says he has to do it even in the time now, upstairs. Now, ubishata sakana manichal shulchano v'dayo. In a sakana situation, nobody puts it outside. Nobody puts it in the chatzer. Just put it on your table. Now, what is the shasa sakana? It's hard to know. Um, uh, is this uh, Rashi says? If you take a look here on the cursor, the the Parsiim, the neo sassanins as they're called, according to historians, the Parthians, the neo sassanins the ones that lived in Iraq and this area, in uh, in, in 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 Iran and Iraq and this area. No, and not even <laughs> not even Moshe's Persians. They're not like that. These neo sassanins these Parsiim, they were uh, they were fundamentalists. They went back to the old Zoroastrian religion about fire, and they said fire is a holy thing. It can only be done in our churches. You can't have any individual fires in your house. You can't have torches lit in your window. So therefore, and if you did, you were slapping in the face them. So because of that, it's shasakana. So therefore, Chazal said, light it on your, in your house and the pirsum will be for the family. Put it on the table, the place where everybody sees it. That's enough. Now, does, are we still living Sakana? That's a question. We don't have these type of sakanot, but what is it today? So that's a question. There's some people that say we have different types of goyim, <laughs> right? We don't have the Parthians, we don't have the Neo-Sassanids, but we don't, the Zoroastrians, we have other types of enemies. And therefore, some say that we should still light on the inside. Some say we should still only light on the inside of our house. Okay? Um, and some say, no, the, the, the Sakana is finished. But this is a question. And again, we're not going to pass on halacha here. Amarava, if you're going to light on the inside of your house, if you're going to light in your house, then you need another candle, another candle to represent to, to what you use. The one that's providing most of your light should be the candle, the second candle. The Hanukkah light, that is a special light. That needs to be miyuchad for the mitzvah. It can't be, oh, I'm lighting inside and this is my normal light anyway. Otherwise, you don't really understand that you did something special for Hanukkah. So you're going to need a double light. When it's not shasakana, then obviously it's outside in the yard. It's outside in front of the Rishut Arabim. But in shasakana, you need to have two to differentiate between the one for the house and the one that's – obviously today we have electric lamps. Things are different. But in those days, there were no electric lamps. There were no uh, overhead lamps. Next. Vi'ika madura lo But let's say you, you're not fancy enough to have lamps. What you do is you put a big bonfire, and the bonfire is heat. And the bonfire is light. Well, if the bonfire is heat and light for you, so then what you light on your table is clearly the menorah. That's the Chanukiah. So you don't need a second one. But if he's somebody who's an Adam Choshev, he's somebody who, whether he's rich or not, he comes from aristocratic uh, class. He comes from that type of zera. He says, I, I don't go and, 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 and stand by some big bonfire. I'm not a, I don't read by the bonfire. I don't walk over to the bonfire to see what I have to see and read what I have to read or do what I have to do. 
Bonfire? That's only for people to get warm by. And I'm not going to be such an uncouth person and go stand by it. If that's the type of person you are, and that's the type of fancy schmancy person you, you act as, and that's, we know that's the type of person you are, Afogav, the Ika Madura, even though there's a Madura, he needs another Nair. Because he doesn't use the Madura for anything except warmth. Okay? Uh, says Rashi, you can see uh, with the cursor, He isn't someone who, uh, who uses the ore of the Madura. He, he, the heat of the Madura, yes, but not the ore. So again, Adam Choshev, they have a different mindset. It's hard. Again, you know who those people are. Even when they're poor, they still consider themselves Adam Choshev. Next. This is a Brita that's a very famous one from Megillah Tainit. And that's why it's all in Aramaic. This was the Megillatayin that we saw Chanina and Chizkim and Garon that we had in the first parak. That he was the one that helped write this. And this is the Nusach that was written in Aramaic that everybody had in their homes, so they would know what to do. This was their calendar, and they know not to fast, uh, not to fast. And if there's a Nebuch if someone passes away, that they don't do a Hespin. So let's see what it is. Tam the and the this is a, you don't, you don't make a hespit on this day, and you don't fast. When the Greeks came in, Yavanim, came into the Eichal, Timu Kolashmanim Shemeichal, they made Tomei all the Shmonim, Ukeshagavar Malchut, Beit Hashmunai Vinitzchum. When the Malchut, they already were a Malchut, they already were banded together, eventually they were going to become Malachim, but they already had this idea that they were going to take power, these Kohanim, this Malchut, Beit Hashmunai Natzchum, and they vanquished them. They looked around and they said, even though it's Tuma, even though we could light differently, we're going to look around. And they looked around to find and they discovered one jug of oil. And then normally they said, oh, we see the Kohen Gadol's Chotem is on this. This is obviously something he would use for the Minchat Chavitim. He would use it when the Beit HaMikdash was functioning properly. This is what he would bring every day, his own mincha. This is what he put away. That was the Kohen Godos, uh, minchat chavitin shemen, that he would use for his mincha. But when they checked it, there was only enough to, that would last one day. But they said, you know what? We'll do as much as we can. It's going to take eight days, as we know. It was going to take eight days for them to process new oil. A miracle occurred, and from that amount of oil, eight, eight, uh, eight, uh, it lasted eight days. That was incredible. The next year, they said, you know what? Forget about Sukkot. Forget about making about Sukkot. There's another reason. We're going to say it has its own identity. What happened? It's almost like a Yom Tov in a certain way, and, and with Halel, Hoda'ah, Halel every day, and Hoda'ah, Rashi says in our Tfilot, we say Alanisim. Okay. Tananatam, the Mishnah says in Babakama, Getz, right? Getz Hayotse, Mitachas Apatish, Vyatzavizik. Let's say a person is a, um, a, a blacksmith, <laughs> and he's banging on the shoe, banging on the metal, banging on the metal, and a spark shoots out and goes into Rishut Arabim, and something catches on fire from that spark. Chayav, the blacksmith is chayav, that's ish. He has to be very careful, set up big walls, not allowing. This is a Mishnah Baba that deals with personal damages. Rabbi, that's what we learn usually in yeshiva in, uh, before Hanukkah. This, this, uh, exactly this again. Yeah. That's right. That's right. And we learned it this year, Benyao. We learned it a couple of months ago together. You might remember. Gamal. I know. I didn't have this. Gamal Shaton Pishtan. Let's say you have a camel and the camel is overloaded with flax. And he's going through Shutarabim. It's like a shuk. It's like Machna Yehuda. It's like everything is tzafuf together. And the camel is waddling. And the, 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 the amount of, the camel's not waddling, but the amount of, 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 of flax that's on the camel's back is sort of waddling and is sort of like inserting itself into one of the, one of, in one of the, uh, Chanuyot. 
in one of the marketplace, in one of the stalls. And then what happens? And the chenveni, of course, has an air. He needs to get there early in the morning. He needs to stay late at night. He has an air that's that's somewhere on the wall, somewhere on a, on a table. So he's got an air that's there in his market, in his in his market home, in his shuk area, in his store. He he is allowed to have it. He needs to have it. And now all of a sudden, the flax of the the flax that's on top of the camel has now insert, inserts itself there. And now we have the perfect storm. The fire catches onto the flax. The flax catches on fire. The camels in Rishut Arabe. All of a sudden, all the stores are next door to this guy. And the, the guy next, he becomes on fire. All his store is on fire. The next store is on fire. The, scam, the fire spreads everywhere. And as you can see, the Hidra the whole shopping center, goes up in flames. Who do you give the bill to? Bala Gamalchai, if the Mishnah says. It's the guy with the camel, because he was Poshea. His camel caused the damage. He's got a big bill to pay. So let's say the fire, when we do our, we go onto the video camera, and we check what's going on on the fire, and we see that the, we see that the candle was actually outside, then, then who? Chenveni Chayev. Three lines from the bottom. The Chenveni is Chayev. Yes. I don't hear your question, Jackie. What is the question? China. Sin. Chayev et hakol anezek shikoreh ba'olam No, no, I don't think I would make that type of uh, connection. Uh, Jackie is asking that the same way when we're looking when we're looking for who's guilty, we go to the ultimate source. Maybe for Corona, we should go to that marketplace in Wuhan. They said it was an animal marketplace where they believe was was ground zero. I don't think I, it's it's a point. I understand your point, but I think here. We can be more exact. We saw the fire come out, but you're right. It's a, it's a scary thing to think about. Anyway, Rav Yehuda Omer, three lines from the bottom, Bener Hanukkah Potur. If it was during Hanukkah time and the Chenveni had his candle outside because he's doing the mitzvah, Pirsomet, because this is where he lives and he's being Mafar saying, again, I don't know, maybe he has an apartment upstairs uh, in the market. Or maybe there's an inyan of being mafarsim even for the people in the market that it's Hanukkah. It's Patur. Because he had a right and the guy with the camel... That's right. He was a Chabadnik. So he had a right to put his candle out there. And the person in the camel needs to know that. But that would mean that the best place to put the Ner Hanukkah is low, within 10 Tvachim, within 40 inches, about whatever, 5 feet. It's not supposed to be high. It should be uh, 10 Tvachim. If you're going to say that the prime place to put the Ner Hanukkah is higher, then we should tell the market guy, we should tell the store owner, look, you know there are people with camels. You know there are people that are in Rishut Arabim. You know that they have material that's flammable. Put it up higher. It must be that the mitzvah and what he's allowed to do is to keep it low. Because if he could keep it higher, we should say, let's tell him. You should, it should have been higher than the camel and the guy riding it. So that must show you that wherever you do Ner Chanukah, within 10 Tvachim is the way it should be. It shouldn't be a very high Chanukiah with a big base, uh, with a big stick. It should be, it should be 10 Tvachim. The Gemara says maybe, maybe there's not a proof from there. Dilma, maybe really it's even a Lekatchila to do it higher. But we don't want to tell store owners and people that they need to do it high because 
If we're going to make it too difficult for him, if we're going to make it too, and again, guys, please shut your, everyone, please remember, there's people listening. It's hard for them to hear if the microphone is on. If you're going to make, give two people too many demands of how to do Ner Hanukkah, I don't want to do the mitzvah already. It's too much. Is this high enough? This is too high. But really, we can't necessarily prove from this Mishnah what is the perfect way to set your Ner Hanukkah. This Mishnah is not a proof. We're talking about seeing the Ner Hanukkah, people noticing it. So he made this drasha. Ner a ner Hanukkah that's higher than 20 amos is possible. The same way the schach of a sukkah is possible because you don't see it. The same way the mavui that's matir carrying in, carrying in a chatzer or in, uh, carrying in a mavui uh, to carry in that area in front of the Rishut HaRabim, the Korah that goes from wall to wall, the core that goes from wall to wall has to be, uh, cannot be 20 amas, more than 20 amas high. The same way, the Ner Hanukkah, if it's too high, that's not a kosher Ner Hanukkah. It doesn't do its job. Again, we talked about people in apartment houses and things like that. If, the, if people are r- r- watching from the highway, that's not... What, what about... What about Hanukkiah, Komashiyah, Hanukkiah, with the Magash? You know those Magash? Lebachutz, Rabbi. Yeah, again. Twenty Amis is about 30 feet. So again, it sounds like 30 feet is not, if it's, if it's 30 feet tall, that is not a kosher place to put the Ner Hanukkah. Next. Amar of Kana, Dorosh of Nosen, Barmenyomi, Mishmeder of Tanchum. Why, when the Torah writes about what you, the Bor Yosef was thrown in, it says that the Bor was empty, it had no water. If it already says the Bor was empty, of course I know <laughs> there's no water in it. Well, empty means empty. There wasn't any water, but there definitely was scorpions and snakes, and they would have killed Yosef. And that shows you that Yosef was in a very big danger when he was in that bar, and he was not killed by that bar. What's the connection between the two things that we learned? That's one of every everyone who makes a Hanukkah drasha tries to connect these two pieces, these two statements. That they're, they're, they're said by the same person of, uh, Rav Nathan Bar Menyume, Mishem de Rav Tanchum. But these are the two statements that he made. You can try to make up any connection that you want. We don't have time to go into a whole drush of what these two statements have to do with each other. Amarabba. Ne'er Chanukah mitzvah anicha betefach asmucha lepetach. Let's say, again, according to, according to Rashi, it's in the Chatzer. But it should be close to the door of your house. On which side? It should be on the right. It should be on the left. We, the halacha is it should be on the left. Why? This way, when you go into the person's house, the ner chanaka is on the left side of his house. So we sort of like surrounded by mitzvot. Am Rav Yudam Ravasi, Asur. That's right. Uh, the human being, he's the third part. Asur laharzot maot kenegen ner Chanukah. We talked about having the ner Chanukah there. If you decide the meshulach comes to the door, you want to give Chanukah gelt to your kids, and you want to give five coins to each child. So you're taking them out of your pocket and you're counting them. You can't go over to the Ner Chanukah to make sure you're giving five silver dollars to each one and one of them is a quarter, whatever it is. You can't go over there to take a look and see the difference. You can't do that. That's what who said? Rav Yehuda said in the name of Rav, ultimately. In the name of Ravas, in the name of Rav. But then Rav Yehuda said, But then I had another Rebbe. 
One of my rebellion was Rav. The other was Shmuel. After Rav died, I went and studied by Shmuel. When I told over Shmuel what I heard from the name of Asi in the name of Rav, Omar Lee, he said, I don't understand it. It's a nice mitzvah, but it's not Kedusha. It's not like a Sefer Torah. It's a mitzvah. It doesn't have any special Kedusha in it that you, oh, it's like Me'ilah. I'm being Moel in Kedusha. It's, oh, if, if I just now counted my, 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 my money there and, and, and were able, now I, I, I've been Moel Behektish. There's no Kedusha in the Chanukiah. It's not like the menorah. It's not like the menorah in the Beit HaMikdash. That was Shmuel's point. Maskifle Rav Yosef. When Rav Yosef heard what Yehuda said, Yehuda told the story over when he was Rosh Hashiva in Surah. One of his students was Rav Yosef. Rav Yosef said to Yehuda, so you're telling me that eventually you heard that there's nothing wrong with that. I don't understand. Rav Yosef, who knew so many brightot, he says, I will, I'm going to quote you a brighter. V'chidam, think about it. V'chidam kedusha yeshbo. We know that there's, it doesn't have to be a Sefer Torah to be something significant. You're right, Sefer Torah, the Tefillin, those are etzem kedusha. The Shemot Hashem are in them. But there's other things. For example, we know there's a mitzvah kisu yadam on a bird or on a chaya, on a deer. You're supposed to cover the blood after you do shechita. Okay. Now, the blood is not koli. The blood is something you do a mitzvah with. If the blood drips out of the neck of the animal on the ground, you now cover it with dirt. The blood is your means to do a mitzvah. It's not kiddushah. It's not hektish. Still, we know there's a bright, the Rabbi Yosef says, that says, vishafach et damo, vikita vikisa es damo ba'afar. It could have said, vishafach, and then it said, v'ubafar yichases damo. Why does it put the verb vikisa? Why does it emphasize the fact that you are covering it? Because it's telling you the same way shafach is done, v'masha shafach yichaseh. The same way the shechit is obviously done with your hand holding a knife. The same thing you, in a kovedika way, like a human being. That tells you the way you do kisu yadam is with kovod. Shelo yichasenu beregel. Don't just kick with your foot and kick the dirt onto the blood. Technically, it's covered. Technically, your toes can do the same job as your hands. But there's a message you're sending. The message you're sending is, eh, I'll just do it with my foot. It's the same thing with Ner Hanukkah. Uh, yeah, I can count my money there. But you know what? what? That's a mitzvah. Go find another place to count your money. Go to the moonlight. Light another candle. That's a, that's a way to show it's bizoyona mitzvah. That's what Rabbi Yosef's point was. So in this point, they brought up to Rabbi Yosef that there was a question that was asked generations before that, even before, even older than Rav and Shmuel, the great Amora Rabbi Shua ben Levi, they asked him, We know that what you, what you, what you beautify your sukkah with isn't plastic like they used to sell in America and people still use today. They used to use actual fruits, actual flour, actual oil, and they would put it up in beautiful containers all around their sukkah. Well, can you go over and use some of that during Sukkot? That was the question they asked him. So Yeshua ben Levi supposedly answered, It's also to be Marat Simot that you're not allowed to uh, put uh, to, to count money in, in front of the nair. So you see, they told Yeshua ben Levi. They they told Rabbi Yosef. Oh, Yeshua ben Levi said that too. So Rabbi Yosef says, I agree with Yeshua ben Levi, but you got the story wrong. It can't be Yeshua ben Levi was asked that question and he and, and then he quoted this halacha. He said, No, you you guys got the story wrong. Omar Rabbi Yosef, Maria Davram, God of Abraham. 
you guys have got things confused. Your version is in, incorrect. Tully Tanya, bit low Tanya. You're 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 quoting a brayta about a halacha that's not in a brayta. What does that mean? <laughs> Sukkah Tanya, the halacha about using noy sukha is a brayta. Chanukah lo Tanya. Chanukah is not a brayta. There are there isn't a brayta. There isn't a mesechta really about Chanukah. There's no bright and tosefta about Chanukah. The Tanya, there is a, but there is a bright mufurash about sukkah, and clearly Rabbi Yeshua ben Levi knew about it, which was what You put all the proper amount of schach on, and now you want to go an extra level and make your sukkah even more beautiful. And now you want to put in what you want to put in colored, uh, colored uh, blankets, colored row, colored rugs. And you want to put other blankets with beautiful pictures on it. And nuts, afraskin, and peaches. All these branches of, 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 of grapes. Itrot, crowning it with shibalim, with these, uh, with the stalks. And ye note, wines. Shmanim, containers of oil, siratot uh, uh, of flour. Even though that's beautiful, also a topic mayan on Motzei Yom Tov, Achron Shochag. You can't get Hano from them until the last day of the holiday. Meaning, all of Sukkot you can't use it, and since as the seventh day of Sukkot ends, Shmini Atzeres begins right away. You have to stay away from it, Shmini Atzeres too. And all the way till Shmini Atzeres is over. Then you can go up there and get some of the oil and some of the flour. But if you make a Tanai before Sukkot and you say, well, I've got a good Sukkah. I want my Sukkah to look beautiful, but I hereby make a Tanai that it's not part. It doesn't become a Chelek of the Mitzvah completely. It's not part of the Kedushah of the Sukkah, like the walls and like the Zach. I make a tanai, I should be able to use it. I call a fee to know. That's the, that's what the Brighta says. So obviously, sukkah, you're not supposed to, once you put it up there, you're not supposed to go up there and use it for your normal use. The sukkah doesn't have kedusha. The, the, the noy sukkah doesn't really have kedusha, like, 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 like me'ila. It's not like the walls of the sukkah, but obviously you still shouldn't use it. It's a bizayon to start using it. So that's the same, obviously that's the same thing with Hanukkah. But what's the source of this principle, Rabbi Yosef says? The source of this principle is Avu and The source of all of them is the case of Kisui Adam. Kisui Adam teaches us the idea that even though it's just blood on the ground, we have a tremendous respect for mitzvot, how we deal with it. We don't want to be mevaza the mitzvah. We don't, we want to treat it with the utmost respect. And even if it's to give Hanukkah guilt, that's still not respectful in terms of what you're doing, in terms of the of the action that you're doing. All right. We didn't get as far as, as much as I thought we could do today. But I think we have to stop now. We've already done um oh no, we no, we still have five more minutes, right? So let's go. We still have five minutes. Itmar. <laughs> right? I, I I thought we started nine fifteen. We started nine thirty. Itmar. Ravamar, you ready? Here we go. Ravamar Madlikin. Miner Liner. Rob says that if you have one, you have a Ner Hanukkah that's lit, you can bring another Ner Hanukkah next to it and use the fire from one to light the other. It might be in your family. It might be the people, or it might be the guy, the neighbor next door. It might be the neighbor next door comes over to you and wants to use your flame to light his Ner Hanukkah. It might be someone in your house. What up? Yes. It said, Ein Madlikin. Okay, let me repeat that. Ein Madlikin, that if someone comes over from next door, you're not supposed to allow it. Tell him to light his own match, his own candle. Ein Madlikin, Miner Lener. Shmuel Amar, no, Madlikin. Shmuel says, the guy, the neighbor comes next door, you can give him from your fire. Okay. Similarly, Rob said, and we'll see why it's similar. Ravamar ein matir mi beged Let's say your beged 
has been worn out. <laughs> but the tzitzit are still good. The corner and the tzitzit are still good. And you want to take it off and put it on another baguette. Rav says, no, you shouldn't do that. Because this baguette, <laughs> we'll see why. It was chashuv. It was a mitzvah. You can still wear it. It's getting worn out. You can still wear it. You want to put sitzis on a new baguette? Get some different strings. Even though Shmuel held, by the way, Tosfot points out, Shmuel shita is that sitzis is a chovat baguette. Every baguette you have with four corners needs to have tzitzit. Shmuel feels that since you're doing it for the sake of a mitzvah, you're doing it to wear another baguette, you can use the old one. And the old one, I don't know what you're going to do. You'll find other tzitzit for it, but you can, for this moment, take the ones from the old baguette and put it on the new one. Rav Amar, so this is very important, Hilchot Shabbat. We talked a couple of days ago, we talked about the lacha of Malacha Shenetzricha Lagufa. When you have a Malacha, that you're not doing it for the same reason it was done in the Beit HaMikdash. There's another related idea, which is called doing one action and not realizing, a, and, and a Malacha happens, even though you didn't want it, you weren't necessarily wanting it to happen. That's called Dover Sheno Mitkaven. For example, their floors were made of earthen, their floors were earth, their floors were made from earth and ground. And because of that, uh, whenever they would drag a chair, let's say from the living room to the dining room to sit down, they would cause grooves to occur in the floor. And those grooves are like binion. It's like you now have a groove in your, in, in, in your floor, like you have a little, it's like you now can pour stuff and can go into that groove. So Rob says, you can't drag the chair. You have to pick it up. Unless it's a psigration, unless it's definitely going to happen. But if it's not sure it's going to happen, you don't have to worry about it. And even if it does happen, you've done nothing wrong. So Shmuel and Rob argued about these three things. They argued about a lot of things. Why are these three things mentioned here? Amar Abai, Abai explains to us, My uncle, Rabba, who raised me, I call him Mar, my great teacher, my uncle, Rabba, he always liked to do things like Rav. He always followed Rav. That was, you might not have seen Rav. I follow Rav. There's people who follow Moshe Feinstein in every psak. People follow Moshe They never saw them, but they've decided to be macabre. They're psakim 100%. My uncle normally accepted every psak of Rav, except these three. Lavar Mahanitlas to Ovid Kishmul. Madlikin Miner Lener. He would allow people to light one Chanukiah from the other. Matir and Mibeged Lebeged. He would allow the Tzitzit. And he would tell people, Halacha Kirim Shimon Bigreira. The Tanya, Rabbi Shimon Omer, Gorer Adam Mita, a bed. Kisei, a chair, safsal, a chair for more than one person. A kisei is for one person, usually. A safsal is bigger for more than one person. You shouldn't be thinking and knowing, oh, I'm making a groove here. It could happen, but that's not my intent. That's good enough. You're not chayav. You're allowed to do it with katchila. Okay? Um, now, it's uh, 10.31. We started about 9.35. We'll go four more minutes. And then I'm going to... Four minutes, then I'm going to shut the recording, then I'm going to ask a question, and I hope you'll stay with me for the question. Okay? Four more minutes, and then I'm going to ask a question. Here we go. Yosavum Rabbanu Kameh, the There was a person sitting in front of Adabarava, the Yosav and he was speaking in front of all the rabbis. And Adabarav is the rabbi in front of him who's saying, I'm the old rabbi here. Let's hear what you have to say. And this student said, The reason why Rav was against it was because probably when the guy comes with the fire, with the, he's not coming with another menorah. He's coming with a match. He's coming with a piece of paper. He's coming with something to take the flame from one place and put it to the other one. So even though he's doing it for the sake of a mitzvah, at this moment it looks bad. At this moment it looks like you're lighting a match. 
with the Chanukiah. Yes, I'm going, I'm running with the match next door to my house. But that's why it's called the Bizayon. But if you would bring the actual Chanukiah here, that would not be a Bizoy Mitzvah. This is a Mitzvah, this is a Mitzvah. They're partners. They're, they're both Mitzvot. It's only because if you're lighting a kissim, you're lighting a match, or lighting a piece of little piece of wood, and you're taking that somewhere else. That's the idea of Rav. Omer Luhu. So Adab Rav has said to all the other rabbis who were sitting there, all the other students, he said, Lo don't listen to him. That's not the idea of Rav. Time of the Rav, Mishum, the Komachish Mitzvah. It's because when you bring the other, when you bring your candle, when you bring your menorah here, for a moment, there's a weakening of the candle that you lit. The first menorah, the menorah of Shimon, the Chanukiah of Shimon, becomes weakened when, when, when Ruvain comes with his Chanukiah and places it next to it. When he puts his tila next to it, for a moment there, it gets weakened. The fire gets weakened, and then it gets strong again. That's what Rav was against. Even that weakening and the fact there might be a little bit of oil that sort of spills out, whatever it is, that's sort of shaking the boat, even for the sake of a mitzvah, Rav was against. That's what Rav meant. And that's what the Gemara says. My benayu, what's the difference between Adabar Rav's correction and what, the, what that student said? If you're actually taking one menorah, one Chanukiah next to the other one. If you say it's because of the Bizoyon of treating the mitzvah in a, in a, in a, in a, a cavalier way where it doesn't seem to be so significant in sort of a cheap way. So then, this is not cheap. Mishraga Mishraga Madlik. You could bring one Chanukiah to the other. But man the Yomer, if you say out of Arava, that what Rav meant was Ichushe Mitzvah, then Mishraga Lishraga Nami Asur. Then a Shraga of Shraga is also Asur. So that was out of Arava versus the student, whoever that Rav was. And that, Mesiv Rav Avia. Rav Avia asked, we have a Mishnah that says, Salah. If a person has a whole bunch of fruit and he can't bring it up to Yerushalayim, so what he does is he's machalel a tenth of what he has on the money of Meiser Sheni, the, the silver money, and the kesef, and he's going to take that money up to Yerushalayim. So he has a selva's worth. If he's trying to uh, on a scale, trying to weigh some other dinarim, he can't use this as his 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 weight, because he knows what the weight of this coin is. But it has kedusha on it. He's meant to take it to Yerushalayim. He can't put it on a scale and weigh other money in order to balance and make sure the other money is the proper amount. But here's the chiddush: even if the purpose of why he's weighing the other money is because he's got other Meister Shani or his neighbor has other Meister Shani and he also wants to have proper amount of money that represents the amount of payroll of Meister Shani that he has to be Machalavet. So that's similar like two Chanukiyot together. So you see you're not allowed to do that. So Bishma Kiplige Ravishmu Miner where the Machokas Ravishmu is Miner Liner. The Machlokas was Two shragas next to each other. Avol bikinsa aser shmuel, but even shmuel would admit you can't use a match. So Then obviously this is not. There's no argument against here, <laughs> because <laughs> right now it's not yet meiser sheni money. It's money like a match that's going to become meiser sheni. Elei amrit bikinsa nami shari. If you're going to say that Shmuel even allows, like Adabarava, <laughs> like the like the student who said that Rav was talking about, Rav was talking about using a match, and Shmuel says you could use a match and then take it over next door. So why is this different? If I can take a match and put it into 
Ruvain, Ruvain can take a match and go over to Shimon's Hanukkah and put the match in the Hanukkah and go home to his house with it, then why can't the same thing happen with the most of Meiser Shani? Why can't he take the money, the seller of Meiser Shani and put it into the in, into the Mishkal and then weigh the other money that he plans on using? Isn't it the same thing? It's all for the sake of a mitzvah. If Shmuel is right, so this this, this would be a two-use of the Shmuel. So the Gemara says, Amarabba, it's still different. What Shmuel did might be all right. And remember, Rabba was the one who paskined <laughs> like Shmuel. Rabba says, no, you know what? What Shmuel did was okay. But here it's different because the match when Shimon goes with the match to Ruvain's house, we know where he's going with the match. He's taking the match to his house to light the Hanukkah. We know that's going to happen. But over here, who says the money that's on the other side of the scale is going to be used? He's trying, but maybe he won't use it. Maybe he won't. It won't be the right weight. And it doesn't work with the amount of payroll that he has. And it turns out it remains chulin. And this, this, this money never becomes holy. And that's why it's considered a bizayon to the mitzvah to use it. Whereas when you go with the match next door, we know where it's going. And therefore, even though right now you put your match into someone's Hanukkah, if it's for the sake of your mitzvah next door, that would be okay according to Shmuel. According to Rav, no. But as we see, we paskin like Shmuel. Okay? So, um, stop over here. All right. So um, I'm going to stop the recording. Thanks for joining us for another episode from the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT Podcast. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast app so you don't miss a single episode.